I uh, I do not have a uh, puppet or anything. That's the chair is for something else. You'll see in just a moment. Uh, I want to ask your opinion on a few things. Just you know, we are all different people, right? We we can all agree that we we see things differently. We have different backgrounds, and sometimes there are things that are very starkly different inside of each one of us that separate us from one another. So let's ask, uh, I want to ask your opinion, Coke or Pepsi? <clears throat> Coke, raise your hand, Coke. Okay, Pepsi. Same, same brand, we'll, we'll go with that. All right, <clears throat> now this one, this one could get a little heated. Let's remember we're in church. Okay, Chick-fil-A or Popeyes? Chick-fil-A, raise your hand. It is the Lord's chicken. Popeyes, nope, you got to choose one. Popeyes. Now, I did not include KFC because, come on, let's. All right, now this one gets a little tricky. Uh, I'm going to group baked goods like desserts, okay? So there's cookies, cake, brownies, cupcakes, whatever, or ice cream. I know I'm a cookie guy, but ice cream, raise your hand. Okay, baked desserts, raise your hand. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we're all different. It was pretty evenly split. That Coke and Pepsi one was not quite. John, you got to step up your, your outreach for Coke. There's a lot of Pepsi people around here. Now, we're different. We have different opinions, different things that we like. There are things that divide us, that separate us from one another. And that's okay. Uh, we could get into politics, and we're not going to, because we know how different people really can get and that's probably where it gets really dark. I mean, that's beyond Chick-fil-A, Popeye's, KFC dark. That's, that's way worse, and we're not going there. But it is incredible how different each one of us are from one another. So if I were to ask your opinion, even on a more serious question, like, how, what do you feel is the meaning of life? I mean, those were kind of earlier, those were easier ones. This is a deep one. I think even answering a question... Like, what is the, the meaning of life? You would still have something different than others might say. Well, I believe our answers would vary because of our experiences. They'd vary because of the values that we hold. Maybe the past hurts that you've experienced in life. Or maybe your current surroundings, like, well, I'm at church. Well, maybe my answer would be a little differently than if I was at a friend's house. Our answers could be similar in some ways, but quite different all the same, um, in, in many other different ways, because we're, we're different people, right? Uh, it's, it's Easter. Can I do something fun? Do something different? Okay. I, I want to play a game of Jenga. Can I, anybody want to play a game of Jenga with me? Thomas, come on up. I saw your hand first, buddy. R redo. New game. All right. Have you played Jenga before? Have you played against me before? <laughs> uh, would you like to go first or, or me? Why don't you come around here so people can... You want me to go first? Okay. It is Sunday, uh, Easter Sunday, so I felt like I could do something a little different. Oh, these are, these are tough. They're misshapen. Well, I didn't cut them. All right. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What? You sure you want that one? No. 
I was testing them. I'm going to need some crowd participation. Everybody blow at the same time. Ready? One, two, three. Oh. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Game on, Thomas. Game on. <laughs> Don't blow it. Is that chair looking a little wobbly to you? Yes, it is. Your hand's a little shaky. What's going on, Thomas? <gasps> Don't let's up. All right. All right. Did that move a little bit? <laughs> that one's in there real good. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, remember, I gave you that one, okay? Oh. Thomas, for the sake of time, I'm just going to give this one to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for playing. <clears throat> hey, I didn't do that one. I did not do that one. We're both losers today. Now, now when I play Jenga, I, I don't. I, I do hate losing. I am kind of competitive. I know Thomas is equally competitive, uh, and. I'm not going to have a sour attitude towards you, okay? Good game. I lost. That's fine. Uh, happy Easter, everyone. Good. Welcome to, uh, to the church on uh, Easter, one of the best days of the year. And I'm grateful that you're joining us to celebrate this beautiful moment of Jesus' resurrection. See, as a follower of Christ, it is the single greatest game-changing altering of human history. Nothing has ever matched this. Can you agree with that? If you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 3, verses 23, we're going to start our study on this life-changing event, and I hope that we can do, in our study today, do this justice. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. I think it'll also be up here. So what have we learned so far? Let's just, quick review. We've talked about how different we are from one another, and how that is kind of what's nice about humanity, that we are not all the same people. And we also learn that Adam is competitive and not as great at Jenga as Thomas is today. Now you're wondering, what all is, what does all this have to do with Easter? Well, I did welcome you and say Happy Easter, so that's something. I think, first of all, when it comes to our differences, sometimes difference is all that we see. It's not the entire picture, though. In fact, Easter is also a time that we are reminded how much we actually have in common. We think the world is so different, that I am so different from other people, but Paul reminds me in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that I'm actually quite similar to everybody else. Has it been up there for a while? For all have sinned, all have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God. We have all at one point, or at many different points, been a mess caught up in the wreckage of our sin. <laughs> kind of like a Jenga game. This is what we look like at times. We're a mess. We've made decisions for our own lives. 
We don't always make the right moves. We live our lives by false truths and cultural values instead of standing upon God's word. And in that, we're kind of on some unsteady ground, kind of like if that chair was actually wobbly. We give in to the temptations that really offer no good, and we fall and crumble over and over again. This Jenga game is you. It's me. It's been all of us at lots of different times in our life. And we'll try to rebuild. I can come up here and I can work and rebuild. But really, you know, unless nothing changes in my life, it's only a matter of time before I look like this again. Right? I may not even get this thing all the way put back together before I fell apart again. Everything collapses over and over again. Now, there's three things that when it comes to God that we're going to study today, three things that when it comes to him and his relationship to us, they're different than what we perceive. Okay, so the first one is this. When it comes to God, we're all the same. We're all the same. And though we may see differences in one another in personality and preferences, things you like to do, in the end, when it comes to sin, we're all the same. We're all a mess. We're all lost. We're all confused. We're all in need of help from a loving father. Paul lays it out pretty plainly in Ephesians chapter 2, and that's where we're going to spend most of today. Is that how we get there? Okay. I get confused because it's on the screen, and it's like, is it on that screen? I'll, I'll figure it out. We are all in need, and Paul really is going to lay that out in Ephesians chapter 2, and that's where we're going to spend most of our time this morning. So if you have a Bible... Romans 3, that was a quick one. Go to Ephesians 2, because we'll be there for a little while. He tells us right where we are when we play by our own rules, when we make our own decisions, when we choose sin over God's wisdom. He writes this, verses 1 through 3 says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. In essence, well, we have no business playing Jenga with our lives. We don't see the future ahead of us like God does. We don't know the power that the devil is using against us until it's too late. We don't have the willpower to overcome our own sinful desires. So, just give in. We collapse, we fall apart, we live in a mess. And inside, Paul tells us in Ephesians 2 that we're dead. There's no sign of life in the life that we are living, or at least the life we were once living. I'm a Christian, so it's the life I was once living. But we're dead inside. That's what we all have in common. Now, you have felt that sting of sin before. You might be feeling it now. You know the emptiness. You know the loneliness. You know that you keep chasing after a satisfaction and a feeling because what you've had already is already worn off. You know the guilt and shame that comes with mistakes being made. So, really, when Paul calls us dead, 
Some of you actually know that feeling. Ultimately, because of our sin, that is the only outcome that we will experience. Sin brings death. Can I introduce a phrase to you? I've heard this at a, in a couple other uh, sermons before, and I, I really love it. And we can listen to those truths about our crumbled life. We can be reminded this is you over and over again. Crumbled, you know, overwhelmed by the mistakes that we continue to make. We can know that we will continue to make a mess of things time and time again. We might even wear a label that says failure. And we're reminded of that frequently. We can resonate with the scripture that says we're dead because honestly, sometimes that's how I feel on the inside. And we can hear the lies of the devil. And somehow it kind of starts to make sense to us. We begin to believe those falsities about our past, maybe about our maker, about the value that we are, or our own identity. And even though we feel that way, there is a phrase that can serve as a turning point for any weakness that you feel. The phrase is just two words, but God. But God is that phrase I want you to take with you today. And we can see a life, our life in a heap. But God can help restore us. And we know that we have failed too many times to count, but God keeps no record of wrongs. God's word tells us that because of our sin that we are dead, but God sees life and potential in every one of us. We hear the lies about us, everybody together, but God who is our creator, says that we are something completely different than those lies. Are we all different? In some ways, yes. But when it comes to God, we're all the same. But God loves us regardless. The second thing I want you to know is that when it comes to God, we're all forgiven. You and I know that we're a mess, so what happens next? We find out that how God truly does feel about us when we find out that we're forgiven. It's actually when our life is in this heap that God wants to meet us. He doesn't wait for us to clean things up. He doesn't wait for you to get it all rebuilt, and then it's like, I'm ready to meet God. No. God meets us where we are. He isn't afraid of our sin and the destruction we bring. Mark chapter 2, verse 17 says, uh, It is not the health need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. That is my favorite scripture in the whole Bible. Is it is a constant reminder who Jesus is truly here to reach out to. The people that need him the most. The people that are dealing so with pride won't even see their need to meet with, with God. But Jesus has to remind the Pharisees who are perfect people. Jesus had to tell them, you're not ready for me. These are the people I'm here for. It's the sick, the lost, the addicted, the hurt, the lonely, the angry, the sad, the broken, the tired, and the unworthy people that he has come to help. At many different times in our lives, that's been us. It's been me. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8 says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. 
And very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, when it comes to God, we are all forgiven. He has approached you in the messiest moments of your life to offer forgiveness. Forgiveness that will release you from that burden of shame and guilt and regret. Those burdens are a weight that rob you of the freedom in your life that you're supposed to be having. They hold you back from relationships, from friendships, from helping other people, or from pursuing pursuing better for the life. You see, that weight and that burden is too great for you to take on, so Jesus takes it from you, and you are forgiven. See, when Jesus died on that cross, he laid down his life so that you could have life. And what he did on that Friday was the greatest expression of love that any person can ever do. And he did it for you. Now, it wouldn't be Easter if we stopped the story right there. You see, it doesn't end there. He didn't only die on a cross. We celebrate Easter because he died and he resurrected. He came back to life. You see, following his his death, he resurrected to be made into that new person, a whole person once again, someone who still had the scars of the past, but had a renewed appearance and purpose. His resurrection gives us something too. And we started that in Ephesians chapter 2 earlier, and we're going to finish that, verses 4 through 8. But God, but God, is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. That one verse I want to go back. He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. We are beneficiaries of that. He, Paul would go on to reinforce the same idea when he writes a letter to the, to the Romans. In Romans chapter 6, verses 3-11, through 11, it says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in, in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That no longer can be, would be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ... We believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lived, he lives to God. 
in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We're all imperfect people, forgiven by God, and now made new. We're not rebuilt, but rather recreated. This isn't me anymore. Yeah, I had to go out and buy two, Django says. Track with me. But we all get that new start. Over and over and over again. He has done this for every person. That you're not just rebuilt. He's not just putting the pieces back together for you. He recreates you. It's a resurrection that you get to experience. We're not rebuilt. We are recreated, made new to live completely differently than we did before. And we know what sin has done to our life that we lived. So our new lives should be lived without that stranglehold of sin. Our new lives are to be lived under the direction of Jesus and not by our own leading because now we are attached we are one with Christ. We are not to be independent of Him, but dependent on Him. And we can experience that resurrection of Jesus in our own lives so that we can live as He did, but also so that we can once, once more join Him in heaven where He is waiting right now. You see, resurrection is a feat that we are powerless to achieve on our own. But it is out of an immense love for you that Jesus exercises his power to make you a new person. For that resurrection, that couldn't happen. Before our resurrection, we never feel that. We needed to be shown the power over death that Jesus did. And now, we can be witnesses to that power as well as recipients of that power. That is always, always worth celebrating. Each and every day, not just once a year at Easter, each and every day is a, is a day that you have an opportunity to celebrate that rebirth. Now, we were once given nothing to look forward to, but God has brought new purpose to your days. And if you have never experienced that resurrection, that rebirth, that recreation, now is the time. There's no need to live dead inside, destined for death. There's no need to live there anymore. I'll invite the, the worship team back up. Watch out for the Jenga pieces. I'm sorry about that.